0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Gospel of John, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I thought I would begin today by quoting the famous Wayne Gretzky, who said very wisely, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Now, this is a, a phrase that really can be applied to anything in life. You miss out on 100% of the trips you never take. You miss 100% of the girlfriends you never ask out. You miss out on 100% of the foods you never try. You miss out on 100% of the books you never read. You miss out on hundred percent of the events you never go to. You miss a hundred percent of the fish you never fish for. You miss a hundred percent of the relationships you never invest in. Now we could keep going, but I want to talk to you about those last two that I just mentioned. Fishing and relationships. They both apply to everyone his witness that we've been talking about these last couple weeks and we'll continue to talk about in the weeks to come. And you get to dig into more deeply in our workshops, those Bible studies on, uh, during the week, Sunday morning, Wednesday evening. Now the fishing part reminds us of Jesus calling those first disciples who were fishermen. He then told those fishermen that he would make them fishers of men. And women. And fishing for people is about evangelism. It's witnessing. And this is happening in the context of relationships. And that's what Lassie shows us with listening, asking, seeking, sharing, inviting, encouraging. In order to do any of those things, you need to have more than just yourself. Otherwise, you may as well just be talking to a brick wall. Ever tried talking to a brick wall? It's kind of hard, and it doesn't talk back. And this week, we are looking at that second part of Lassie, the A, the asking, which is asking questions that encourages discussion. And to go with our Wayne Gretzky quote, you could say, You miss 100% of the answers to the questions you don't ask. In the gospel reading for today, you heard a question asked that I think is at the heart of every question we're asking. Now, Jesus had been brought before Pilate because the Jews wanted him put to death. Pilate's having a very hard time trying to find anything wrong with Jesus. And he asks... Are you the king of the Jews? To which Jesus responds, My kingdom is not of this world. Pilate then says, So you are a king. Jesus then answers, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Jesus came to bear witness to the truth. And then Pilate asks, What is truth? What is truth? Now, there are some who will tell you that this question asked by Pilate is just him shrugging off Jesus, essentially. You know, kind of like he's saying, Why does truth matter? Since Pilate isn't going to be saving Jesus, no matter what he tells Pilate, or this could really be Pilate asking for an answer from Jesus. However, a response is not given. It doesn't really matter for us either way, because this question that is asked of Jesus, rhetorical or not, is, I think, at the heart of every question we're asking. Because in essence, every question we ask is a question about what someone believes is the truth. And as I mentioned two weeks ago, we live in a world where every person's truth can be different or even contradict someone else's truth. So what's so special about your truth? Why does your truth matter. What is truth? Of course, my truth matters, because my truth isn't just a truth. It is the truth, because it has to do with the one who is the truth, and is the life, and is the way. When we hear Jesus' words to Pilate that he himself came to bear witness to the truth. He came to witness about himself. And that is what all of us do eventually in the context of relationships. We will be getting to the truth because we'll be getting to Jesus. And so you ask, Now remember, you miss 100% of the answers to the questions you don't ask. If you never ask questions of someone, you can never let God work through you and those questions. As Pastor Brad said last week, Jesus can do more with two people talking with each other than with two people successfully ignoring each other. You ask questions that will encourage discussion. Asking questions helps build relationships. And asking legitimate questions shows a person that we are interested in them as a person, not as an object for missional or evangelistic conquest. So we ask things like open-ended questions, not just yes or no questions. Yes or no questions don't engage people in meaningful conversations. Good witnessing questions encourage people to talk about things like their spiritual lives or their beliefs or their fears or their concerns or other things that are potential points of contact that allow doors to open to hear the heart of the matter, the truth. And in asking questions, we don't assume that we already know the answer so we don't interrupt, and we don't phrase statements as questions, like starting a question with, don't you think that? Or ending a statement with, isn't that right? Also, we're not trying to trap the person, right? We aren't the Pharisees trying to find fault with Jesus, right? We're not piecing apart something someone believes in order to prove that they're wrong, If you do that, well, you might end the conversation altogether, as well as the relationship. And this is supposed to be about relationships. When you ask a question about what someone believes, you're getting a picture, a snapshot of who they are, where they've been, and how they've been shaped by things in their life. Because we know ourselves best. We don't know others. And in order for us to get to know them, we have to ask questions. And as a rule, people enjoy talking about themselves and their interests. And those are those who, what, where, when, how, why kind of questions. And in asking questions, we're also going to go back to that first part of Lassie, listening. Because when you ask a question what do you have to do? You have to listen for the answer. You have to let a person answer it. And the only way for a person to answer a question is for you to listen. So we've gotten to the second part of Lassie, and the second part means that we're also practicing the first part, everything we've touched on so far. We ask questions in order to listen. Did you know that God does that too? You heard it in the Old Testament reading from Genesis today. God says to Adam, where are you? A good where question. Adam and Eve had sinned, and in their shame they covered up their nakedness and they hid from God. God then follows that where question with a who. Who told you that you were naked? Now what God is doing here is what he does with all of us. He wants us to get to the truth about ourselves. What is the truth? That we're all sinners. And once we understand that he wants us to admit our sins, to repent of them, he can forgive them. He wants to call out our sins so that he can deal with it properly. He doesn't want us to stay hiding from him. He wants to restore us. He wants us to know that our sin leads to punishment, it leads to death, and we see that in the consequences to Adam and Eve. But our sin also leads to Jesus, because it's for our sin that Jesus has come to bring us forgiveness for everything to take our punishment, to take our death, to take our hell, what we deserve, to take all of the things that we have earned for our disobedience to God. And Jesus lived that perfect life as a sacrificial lamb to give us forgiveness, to give us heaven, to give us life. And that is what Jesus witnessed about and to. And it all became truth, as soon as he rose from the dead. Everything that he said he would do, he did. He accomplished it. Everything that was written about him, in all of the scriptures, he fulfilled. What is truth? Well, Jesus didn't have to answer it. Because the answer was himself. Pilate was looking directly at the truth. As we live our lives in the context of relationships, the goal of conversations and asking questions and listening is about building a relationship with a person. And in building a relationship with them, that will involve witnessing. And the purpose is getting to the truth. You're not trying to win an argument. You're trying to win the person. So the goal is always the truth. And the highest point that you can reach with someone when talking about the truth, about Jesus, who is the truth, is agreement. right? That they agree with what you believe. That being the truth of Jesus Christ. Now, while you might think that the goal or the highest point that you can reach is that they believe, that they have faith, you aren't the one who makes that happen. You do not make anyone believe. You don't give faith. And so, if you spend your whole life with someone and your goal is that they believe, and on their deathbed they still don't believe, does that mean you failed? That your whole relationship with them was pointless? Obviously not. But if we're viewing people as a victory, that needs to be one in order for us to be successful in life i think we're doing something wrong our role is not to convert our role is to converse god is the one who creates faith god is the one who changes lives i mean think about jesus' greatest success stories Or just one. Now, I don't know if there's one person in the Bible that jumps out to you as Jesus' greatest success story. But for me, it's probably Paul. And I'd use Paul's own words. Because he saw himself as the worst of sinners. Persecuting Christians. Persecuting the church. Persecuting Christ. Yet Jesus still came to him. He still died on the cross for his sins. He rose from the dead for his salvation. And he had a conversation with him. And Paul saw the light, a very blinding light at that. And God worked that change in him. That is the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of sinners. But what about the unsuccessful stories of Jesus? The opposite of Paul, where the person doesn't believe. Any of those people that jump out to you? I have one. It's Judas. And where do we find him? As one of Jesus' 12 disciples, chosen to follow Christ, to go fish for people, to be a witness, an evangelist. But what does Jesus do? He betrays Christ. And he's the reason why we see Jesus in the gospel reading, standing in front of Pilate in the first place. He handed over Jesus to be arrested. Yet don't think for a second that Jesus didn't want Judas to believe in him. That up until his last breath that Jesus wanted Judas to spend forever with him in paradise. That Jesus didn't live his whole life for someone like Judas. Jesus Christ is the one who died on the cross for the sins of all people. For all of the Pauls of the world, for all of the Judases of the world, for all of the Glens of the world, for all people. So that you would turn from your sinful ways, that you would stop doubting, that you would come to a knowledge of the truth by the Holy Spirit who gives you that faith, and that you would believe in him and have eternal life. That is the truth of our witness. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.